0: hello everyone welcome back to the chocolate bar our lives our strength our time this is brie i'm here with d hi hi Yay. <laughs> and we are rocking and rolling i don't know what episode we're on and it doesn't matter um <laughs> But yeah, we've we stopped
1: recording in order. I so. know, I know. <laughs> so up. yeah,
0: we time is just not really a, a thing with us. So this is actually Memorial Day weekend, 2017. But who knows when you'll actually hear it. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, as usual, I just you know always start off with what we've been up to and what's been happening since the last time we checked in. So D, take it away.
1: Oh gosh, what have I been up to? Nothing really exciting. As you know, I've almost quit powerlifting like seven times in the last week. Yes, (laughs) It's been a stressful, rough week of training. It's actually been a rough couple of weeks. Um, My coach won't seem to listen to my arguments against me (laughs) deadlifting any further. Right. (laughs) Um, As much as I keep begging him to let me free of the deadlift. Uh, at least for now, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be working out in my favor since I got my new plan today. And it still says that I am deadlifting.
0: Well, you know, sometimes the thing that we hate and fear the most is the thing that we need the most. So maybe he's, you know, being Obi-Wan Kenobi about it like that.
1: Well, let's hope so. but it's, 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 it's just ironic. I wrote him this very long and it's funny because I know we've talked about my coach before on here. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not used to getting like emoting emails from right. his clients. Right. But I kind of completely fell apart this week. I'm not going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. I think full on anxiety... Not able to think straight or act straight, and didn't want to train, which you know is not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got a very emotional email from me that I think he read last night that I thought he had already read. Right, and I'm pretty sure he probably didn't know what to do with that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, shout out to the coach for you know pulling together whatever he pulled together to not be like this girl is crazy <laughs> and uh, sending my sending me my plan like nothing was absolutely wrong with me. Um, right. So, the journey to who knows what continues. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I want to do a bench only meet. I don't know if it's going to be that or a full power or who knows. Who knows. Right. Uh, but that's pretty much what I've been up to, driving my poor coach insane, and trying to keep my dogs from going stir crazy in the house because all it's done this week is rain.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's been terrible here too
1: so see it's 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 been an interesting it's been a stressful week let's just say yeah. that it's been a stressful week so i wish i had more fun things to to, to post about but one thing and considering the topic of the show is very appropriate i am i went and got my hair done on friday mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i'm kind of excited she made it a little more red okay okay and we, you know and it's a it, it's nice to have the shorter sides again i did that a haircut ago but then I let it grow back out And she said you know Let's just cut them back out So they're back down to mm-hmm, short mm-hmm. Happy about that So it's always good To get the hair done That just makes me right. happy It just makes me happy It makes my hairstylist happy Because well Money in her pocket Okay <laughs> But it makes me happy Because I'm, I'm I'm a little fanatical About my Signature hair thing Right So that's Spikes spikes of. spikes Spikes in a And a Barely corporate mohawk Let's <laughs> call it mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Mohawk mohawk Whatever you want to call it Yes but we don't since don't work into from all home. that. But since I work from home, it's okay. But right. uh yeah, that's all I've been up to. Um so Brie,
0: what
1: have you been up to Oh
0: today? Man, listen. It <laughs> is... <laughs> Ooh, it's been a hot mess. So um what have I been up to? Just, you know, I I it's funny because I was telling someone the other day, like in terms of of prep, whenever I've prepped for, for bodybuilding shows in the past, they've been 12 week prep. So this has been the longest one I've ever done. And I really just feel like my brain just literally cannot switch on until I get to 12 weeks out. So I feel like my brain has switched on and it's like cut out all the foolishness let's get down to business so i've been just really focusing on you know kind of getting my ducks in a row with respect to that um i'm actually going to check in with my posing coach next weekend which is a huge deal for me because posing is just uh it's so stressful i'm terrible at it um And all that good stuff. So you know, it's funny, because this weekend, um, I, you know, went to a cookout at a friend's house. And I mean, I was fine. I did okay. But it was almost like this was like the last supper. You know, like, (laughs) this is the last weekend for any kind of foolishness, because, you know, once the weekend is over, it's on and popping. So just really trying to focus on that. Um, been dealing with some hamstring issues um, and and just trying to work around that and train around that. I actually ended up buying one of those TENS, T-E-N-S I guess yes, it is? Machines yes, that basically yes. submits um, electro, magnetic waves or shocks or whatever to <laughs> your paint you know whatever is bothering you and um that has been extremely helpful I got it on Amazon for like $30 girl
1: um yes. so that's been
0: really helpful and you know I've been you know I went to a uh, Bikram yoga class recently um you know I've been just really trying to manage this process you know I've been um, you know, communicating daily, checking in with another girlfriend of mine who is also prepping for uh, women's bodybuilding and works with my coach. And so we've just kind of really been holding each other up and, you know, trying to be accountable and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to be okay. Like it's, you know, you will be. I will, I know I will. Um, you will be. so just been, you know, working on that and then, you know, dealing with work and, you know, wifing and momming, like the whole, you know, kit and caboodle. So that's pretty much what's been going on um, with me. Nothing exciting other than that. So yeah, man, life is just, you know, it's, life. Along. it's life. Life is just doing what it does. So um, but anyway, it was, you know, it was funny because um, Dee and I were talking earlier today, like, what are we going to talk about next? What are we going to talk about next? And it was funny because while all of that was going on, I was actually procrastinating because I needed to uh, wash my hair, my locks. And it is a process. <laughs> it is a multi-step process. And sometimes it's a little stressful. So I was procrastinating and just, you know, jib jabbing with her online. And I said, you know what? we need to talk about black women and hair and fitness and just everything kind of related to that and and, and just, you know, really unpack it. So that's how we determined what our subject was going to be for this episode um, tonight. So yeah, that's what we're talking about, man, you know, just that whole everything. And, and, you know, I'm sure it's something that, you know, a lot of women of color can relate to with respect to, you know, trying to find that balance between maintaining their hair and getting fit and X, Y, and Z. So I thought that's where we would start. Um, I guess the first sort of thing we can kind of dig into is, you know, what has your process been with respect to <laughs> 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 caring for your hair and um. Actually no 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 Let's not even go there So let's talk a little bit about Like your relationship with your hair From sort of the beginning of time until now Like what wow. has that been like for you What has wow. that journey been like for you I know right wow. Let's Let's begin wow. from the let's beginning just, Let's just dive in there That's right I don't even you know
1: I don't know that I ever deeply thought about it Because I, like most little black girls, my hair was always in braids growing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. because I wasn't surrounded by other little black girls since I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood and right. went to predominantly white schools, I never saw relaxers. I never mm-hmm. saw any of that stuff. So for the longest time, I just had braids in my hair. And I didn't mm-hmm. know if there was anything different or unusual about that because I was the only one like that. And of mm-hmm. course a lot of times my white friends didn't necessarily understand my hair, but I never got any negativity about it for the most Mm -hmm. part. Every once in a while, you know, they try to play in it like they play in each other's hair, and it wouldn't work the same way. (laughs) But we never had any major issues. I never had any kind of hair conflict. And I think it wasn't until I was almost 13 Mm -hmm. that I started thinking about I want straight hair. And it was Mm -hmm. because, and at that point it was because I had gone to, I started switching to a school that had a smaller class, but a higher population of black girls.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: there were, there was a very clear line of demarcation between the popular black girls who all had relaxers and long silky hair. And then the rest of us (laughs) who were sort of still wearing natural hair, usually braided in some fashion, whether it was with extensions or some other fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, there was this kind of line of demarcation. And that's when I started asking my mom about relaxers. And the deal she made with me was kind of the deal she made with me about everything in my life. Mm -hmm. You can have your relaxer when you're old enough to take care of your own hair.
0: Ah, she did that with my
1: contact lenses. You can have contacts when you're old enough to pay and care for your contacts. You can have your nails done when you're old enough to pay and care for your nails being done. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of the deal we made with my hair. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't until my grandmother started getting my hair. My grandmother rebelled against my mom. Good job, Grandma. Um, she <laughs> took me to her hairstylist one weekend when I stayed at her house. And they, um, they well, back then it was the pressing comb. Oh, girl,
0: <laughs> girl.
1: They put that pressing comb to my head. And when I could feel all that long, silky hair and I looked like everybody else, there was kind of a point of no return. And I threw an epic hissy fit when I got home mm-hmm. when my mom threatened to say, take my hair back to the way it normally was. So, mhm. We went and got my hair relaxed at that point. I think I pretty much bounced back and forth between relaxers and, like, box braids in mm-hmm. cornrows mm-hmm. from then all the way until high school, probably. Mm-hmm. And I just never... I, it's really weird. I think because I never had a huge number of black friends. I never thought about my hair. Right. I kind of... I tell people all the time, it's really funny because I made all the mistakes white girls make with their hair. Uh (laughs) Like uh the summer that I decided peroxide was a
0: brilliant idea. Oh (laughs) no.
1: And put peroxide in my hair because that's what all of my blonde haired friends did to make their hair lighter. I wanted highlights too. So I put highlighter in my hair. Girl, did you, did you
0: ever have an an unfortunate uh, incident with sun in? Yes. Child. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. and My neon orange hair. Yes. Oh, yes. Just like I did. What other things? Hair tools. Even things like when everybody started using those. Remember the hot brushes? Not the hot comb, but the brush. Yes. Did you ever see those? When yes. Heated up and it made curls. Well, it did if your hair was straight. Right. I tried those and basically over time ripped out a whole chunk of my hair Oh my gosh. because your ha- our hair texture isn't made for those things right but I didn't know that and my mom never thought to have those conversations with me because she just I, I, I guess she just thought I'd figure it out I don't know. right right <laughs> but I just sort of had this weird thing where Because there were no role models around other than my mother who cut her hair off, ironically, to about the same length mine is now. Mm -hmm. uh, When I was about nine and also dyed her hair, you know, maybe this just runs in the family. Because now that I think about it, I'm basically walking around with my mom's hair color and a modernized version of her haircut now. Oh, wow. At about the same age that she was when she Mm -hmm. cut all of hers
0: off. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty revolutionary if you consider it back in the day. Yeah,
1: she cut hers off. She had me at 32 and I think when I was about seven she cut all of hers off and Mm -hmm. dyed it this auburny purple color because I remember saying to her when she picked me up from school mommy why is your hair purple
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it (laughs)
1: so I guess I never really thought about it because my mom never made a big stink about her hair once she cut it off Mm -hmm. she would go get her relaxer done and she'd go see a barber to get a line up in the back (laughs) oh wow (laughs) there was nothing more than that and then as I got old I really don't think I deeply deeply thought about my hair Mm -hmm. until I got to college and I know a lot of us who have either Greek family members or are Greek Mm -hmm. specifically black Greek can relate to this our freshman year there's like a I guess you don't I don't want to call it a freshman sorority so let's call it more of a black women's group Mm -hmm. um, that had a step show Mm -hmm. for the freshmen so it's, it's kind of like it's almost like a probate for freshmen, <laughs> right okay <laughs> but it's not Greek it's not Greek attached mm-hmm. and the stepmistresses, though are all Greek for the most part mm-hmm. and I distinctly remember the Delta's telling us where to get our hair done mm-hmm and I think that was the first time I really thought thought about my hair because I didn't know what to do with it no one had, right. had ever had any hair autonomy my mom just took me to the salon brought me up and said do this to her hair and then came back and picked me up later right so now I'm on college campus and I'm sitting here in this chair and they're like, what do you want done? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to do something to it. and that, 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 Yeah. it's. I don't think I ever had a real relationship with my hair until college just because I was not in an environment that required it. I played sports. Mm-hmm. My friends were all white. <laughs> so right. I just never thought about it. And there's something liberating about that because now I think about it a lot
0: mm-hmm. as an
1: adult. Um, it, I've worn everything as an adult from long silky weave to mm-hmm. long silky Beyonce wigs right to relaxers to ponytails <laughs> mm-hmm. to where I am now which I think probably suits me better than anything else is right, right. now is short relaxed spiky thing mm-hmm. going on um, I keep threatening to go natural haven't done it yet um,
0: <laughs> at least
1: not in a committed way I have actually grown my relaxer out multiple times to the point where I'm almost 12 weeks, you know, 12, mm-hmm. 14, 16 weeks with no relaxer. And I'm like, eh, nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eh. and then we go back to short and spiky. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I'm not anti-natural. That's, right. It's like, it's one of those things where one of these days I know what I, what's going to happen. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I ended up with short hair now. One day I'm just going to wake up and be like, shave my head.
0: Right. And you everybody kind of gets, you know, a lot of times people sort of arrive there in in, in different ways and on different time schedules. So no, I totally get that or not. I mean, it just kind of depends on, you know, where you are.
1: Yeah. So I think that's I I just think my I think my hair is, like most women, the outer sort of reflection of my current attitude of the moment. Right now, I'm kind of rebelling against all the quote-unquote black girls don't or black women don't kind of things right and this spiky thing and the conforming to what most black women would do in a corporate environment thing i'm not doing Mm -hmm. that right now i'm refusing to conform i tone it down mildly when i have to see my boss in person (laughs) but right now i'm kind of in this headspace of everything i'm doing has nothing to do with what corporate D should be doing right so right now that's what my hair is reflecting it's kind of red it's kind of short it's kind of a mohawk (laughs) right right. and that's where I am so yeah right now it just I I think overall it just kind of reflects wherever I am at any given point when I was a tomboy it was a tomboy haircut thing you know so right yeah I I guess it's pretty straightforward it took me forever to get there but
0: right and and I think you know a, a lot of times not in addition to that in a lot of other ways, you know, with, with age comes, comes wisdom. So you just start to get more comfortable with, um, yourself and not really given, um, you know, a a crap about what other people think about what you're doing, you know, with your hair or whatever. So
1: yes, I um, thought about you today. I thought about you today when I was at the gym, and I had on those shorts that I wore today that I never wear, but it was too hot right. for them to not have on mm-hmm. shorts. And I was like, you know, I must be reaching that 40, I really don't care thing. Yeah. Because all I really wanted to do was cuss everybody out who had a question about why I had on shorts. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was just like, you know. Brie warned me about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to hear about your hair because I love your hair. I'm obsessed with your hair. So,
0: <laughs> Well, you know, it's so funny when I, like I said, when I was thinking about, you know, what we were going to talk about and kind of how we were going to tackle this and unpack, unpack all of this. I mean... <sighs> there's just like so much stuff with black women in their hair. Like historically, mm-hmm. you know, media wise, it's it's just a lot, you know. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, growing up, um, you know, it, it, it was that prototypical, you know, little black girl, I had pigtails, I had, you know, I got a relaxer, like fairly early on, you know, before that, I had a press and curl. And it was really about You know, silky straight hair, right? That was kind of the standard um, with, you know, in our community, you know, the straighter, the silkier, the better, you know, one of that was, I can remember the first time I heard my mom say the word nappy. Right, Mm. and it was one of those I was fussing about, you know, because you girl, I know you know Wash Saturday. Yes,
1: yes. Get all them
0: products, get in the kitchen sink, you know. Mm -hmm. You knew the press and curl was coming, and I remember my mom and I was fussing about it because I had a lot of hair when I was a little girl, and I remember my mom saying to me, "Okay, if you don't settle down so we can get your, you know, wash your hair and get and get your press done, your hair is gonna be nappy." And, you know, for whatever reason, that was a bad thing. You know, it was not that was not cool. And, and you know, for those who, you know, maybe are not um, of color or have a different, you know, sort of texture context, hair, nappy <laughs> is, you know, just thick and coarse, basically. Um, and, and that was just not a good thing And I remember straightening right up Like okay well let me go on and stop fussing Because God forbid I have nappy hair Right And you know so I remember that A lot of the time when I was growing up You know my, I would always go to church On Sunday with my father And so Saturday night I'm sitting in the kitchen You know my mom Is heating up the hot comb On the stove Girl I just remember it's like it's mm, yesterday That smell that and, smell. Right, that smell. And then she would, you know, the, the, you could feel the heat, like, right next to your forehead when, you know, they were getting your edges. And my mom would, and this is funny, my mom would be like, hold your ear so I don't burn your ear. And then she would burn my hand. <laughs> <laughs> she would burn my fingers. I would because hold my so ear. that's so much
1: better. And I'm like,
0: damn it. You know, but you... <laughs> (laughs) You know, you, (laughs) you, you sucked it up and you went through that because that's what you needed to do to be acceptable and to have your hair be acceptable and to be considered, you know, pretty or have pretty hair. Um, And so, you know, I remember that growing up. I remember, um, you know, getting a little bit older and, you know, it was all about length. You know, Mm -hmm. don't cut my hair because I need my length, you know, and it'd be like edges be all, you know, the ends of your hair be all split, all jacked up. (laughs) Right. But you don't want to cut them because you're supposed to have length to your hair. Right. And, you know, I remember my mom, you know, wore wigs a lot when I was a young girl. Um, and, and who knows I never even asked her why I don't know if it was just for the variety of it Or again, you know, I remember her being like Ooh, my hair is nappy Let me go put this wig on You know, that type of thing So I remember growing up with that aesthetic as well And, you know, as we, you know As we grew up, you know And, and looking at commercials on TV And looking at, you know, the kind of dolls that we had It was always the dolls Even the they were black dolls They had long, straight, pretty hair, right? And so... You know, I just remember that aesthetic growing up. And then when I got to, um, I guess maybe, high, maybe what would be considered middle school slash high school, you know, I would start to hear snippets of that whole concept of quote unquote good hair. Mm. Well, she has good hair, you know, and I didn't really know what that meant. I just knew that it meant that it was better than mine. You know, and that's how, you know, a lot of the girls that were considered attractive were, that's how they were described. Oh, you know, so-and-so, she's light-skinned. She got those light eyes and good hair, you know, and it was very, it was weird because it was very subtle, but it's just one of those things that just kind of became ingrained in you, you know, and and I mean, to, to, to her credit, you know, my mother was never... Like, she never necessarily made me feel bad about my hair or, you know, she didn't... Well, She wasn't really down with the whole good hair thing. We had some relatives in our family that were, and she, she would shut that down. But, again, it was like this juxtaposition because, you know, while she would shut that down about, like, the complexion and light versus dark, and that's a whole other episode we mm-hmm. can get into, you know, <laughs> again, that whole concept of nappy hair was a threat or was, you know, kind of a bad thing or that's what the perception was so you know, I got to high school and you know, again, I I pretty much wore my hair, you know down it permed for for, you know, the, the most part and then by the time I got to college Um, So I went to college, A, at a predominantly white institution that was six hours away from where I lived, right? So it got to a point where it was no longer convenient for me to drive six hours home to get my hair done, (laughs) right? I mean, it's one but thing
1: we, we are out there and we do do that sometimes. Right,
0: right. And I mean, it's it's one thing to you know do it on vacations. But, you know, if you were like the typical, you know, black woman at that point, you're getting a relaxer every six to eight weeks. And I just wasn't able to do that. So I was like, OK, something's got to give. So I tried braids for a while. You know, I had you know, you always you meet that girl, your home girl who, you know, braids hair for extra money. So, you know, you get your braids or whatever. And that just didn't necessarily quite feel like me at that time so I didn't I did that a couple of times but not very often but there's just this whole concept of how am I gonna make sure my hair is presentable and that was really the first time that I had thought about cutting my hair off um you know which at that point was still a little kind of revolutionary this Mm -hmm. was kind of right before sort of the the whole Halle Berry shortcut so you know it was still a little like oh you gonna cut your hair off so I remember I went home one time for, I don't know what holiday it was, but I went to see my hairdresser. And I, I and by this point, Halle Berry had come on the scene. So I was like, I want the Halle Berry cut. And she was like, Okay, so I cut my hair short like that. And I mean, it was great. It was cute, but it was still relaxed. And again, sometimes when you cut your hair short, but not like off, You still have, Mm -hmm. you have more maintenance, right? So, you know, (laughs) there was that whole (laughs) girl, I was like, oh, my edges and, you know, the back is getting nappy and what am I going to do and blah, 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 blah. So I remember when I was 19 years old, you know, I went home to my hairdresser and I said, cut it off. And she was like, are you sure? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Cut it. And that was my first experience with the TWA, also known as the Teeny Weeny Afro. And you know I got a lot of very um extreme reaction to that you know a lot of women were like oh my god your hair looks so cute I love it a lot of other women were like oh my god I could never do that I could never pull it off my man would would freak out if I cut my hair that short that type of thing but it was almost like that was really one of the first times I kind of felt comfortable in my own skin right and You know I I kept my hair And so it was weird though Because even though I had cut it into a teeny weeny afro I still did a quote unquote texturizer Which of is course. basically a relaxer That you don't leave on quite as long So I had it short But I wasn't quite natural Because I would put the Texturizer in to relax the Natural curl pattern so it was You know it was still acceptable in most People's eyes because even though it was Short it wasn't nappy it was Still kind of that curly you know Whatever mixed chick hair or whatever So I did that All through college and um, You know by the time I Finished college graduated and Decided to move to the east Coast you know I had even Stopped doing the texturizer I was Just like you know what I'm gonna just be me and it was fine like I didn't you know I I didn't really I don't think I really experienced you know any sort of drama one way or the other um I I I didn't I found like in terms of when I was single and dating um I just happened to be drawn to or those folks those guys that just happened to like natural hair. Were drawn to me, um, you know. There, there was maybe one or two instances where I was dating someone, and they were kind of like, "Well, you should grow your hair out, and you should do this." And I was quickly like, "Bruh, <laughs> if you don't like it, kick rocks." Like I was not about to, you know. I just was like, "Nah, I ain't doing all that for no dude, whatever." So you know, I wore my hair natural pretty much until. Um, Right after I had my son, now I guess I was in my early 30s, I had been looking at dreadlocks for a long time. I always admired them. I thought they were beautiful, but it just never seemed quite the right time to, you know, kind of undergo that process and so many people I had talked to had been like oh it's going to be so hard and you're going to really have to have patience because you're going to go through that really ugly phase and blah 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 blah. you know and by this point you know by the time I had gotten married and had my son I was a lawyer you know so there was that whole sort of you know professional quote-unquote um image to consider in terms of what I was going to want my hair to look like and it just got to a point one day where I just said you know what I'm just going to try this so I had you know let I didn't I would get my hair cut religiously every other week you know I would go to the barber he would line me up you know keep my stuff tight and then I said well let me just let me just chill for a while and so you know once my son was born and you know he was a preemie and so you know he had a lot of health issues and I was just really consumed with him I didn't have time to focus on my hair. And so my hair had grown out considerably. And I said, well, you know what, let me just, let me just try this, you know, try, you know, starter locks and see what happens. And it just kind of organically evolved from there. You know, I never had that stage where I was like, oh my God, my hair is so ugly, what am I gonna do? Like I just fell in love immediately. Um and, you know, that's kind of where I've been since then. You know, it's funny, I was, you know, washing my hair today and I was like, wow, like my you know, my hair is pretty much like past my shoulder blades halfway down my back. You know, and I would have never imagined that um, you know, when I was young and sort of focused on length and hair and it's gotta be long and <laughs> da da da, da you know, whatever, and now I just kind of let it, you know, I let it do what it do. And it's been very, um, you know, wonderful for me to see, you know, a lot of women embracing their, quote, unquote, natural hair, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, and and seeing that more in society and media and social media and all of those things, you know, it's been very, um, you know, I'm just like, okay, girl, you know, do what you do. Um. And, you know, but I will say, you know, I've I've talked with a lot of girlfriends of mine who, you know, are also professionals and have, you know, sort of certain careers, and they're still very conflicted about, you know, their hair and, and sort of, you know, how they wear it and how they feel like they're kind of forced into a box and things like that. So, you know, it's just an ever evolving, I think, journey and process and I think for me like I said a little earlier with respect to maturity and getting older like I'm at the point now where like I don't give a shit like this is me (laughs) these are my credentials I'm gonna rock these fire red locks and you either gonna like it or not Right. And, you know, thankfully, I, you know, it, it, it hasn't been something that's hindered me in my career now, you know, whether that's because I'm in an industry that's particularly, you know, a little bit more laid back about those sorts of things or not. I don't know. But, um, you know, I just, I, 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 you know, and there's still some things I struggle with. It's really funny because you know, I was, um, I think I was saying to you earlier, I'm, I'm kind of at this phase now where I'm going to not, I'm trying not to get a retwist and maintenance quite as often to kind of, you know, deal with some hair loss issues and edge issues I've been having. And, you know, with, with dreadlocks, there's this whole thing about, well, are they, do they look unkempt? Are they neat? Are they, you know, twisted all the time? And so I've been trying to, you know, deal with my feelings about that and my comfort level about that. Like, okay, well, they're not, exactly super neat and twisted and kind of sectioned off and does that you know what does that mean for me and what is that what is that image that I'm projecting so you know even to this day it's still sort of like you know kind of a thing you know and I don't know that you know for black women in their hair if it I don't know if it will never not be a thing you know but I feel like you know maybe by kind of talking through some of these things and you know making normalizing whatever it is black women do with their hair you know it, it'll make it a little bit easier for those that are sort of coming behind us if that makes sense so yeah that's kind of been my my hair journey i guess if you want to call it that yes
1: <laughs> you know it's funny so i can't think of off the top of my head i think there's what somewhere around i don't know how many years there are between us but it's interesting because I was thinking about what you said about the reaction to going natural when you mm-hmm. cut your hair off. And then thinking about what it was like for me in in my school when there was this, it's really funny because I think just enough time between the two of us that when I went to college, there was this almost support group, <laughs> it was right, a revolutionary right. support group mm-hmm. of all these black women who suddenly just were like, you know what, bump this, we're going natural. And it wasn't right. it was it wasn't necessarily like a fist in the air angry thing. It was just people just got tired of dealing right. with going to get their hair done or not having the money to get their hair done or right. having to pay to get braids done or get weave or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I distinctly remember that there was a point somewhere around my sophomore or junior into my senior year of college where you could see just as many women with natural hair as you could with relaxed hair and everything in between. Matter of fact, my college roommate who she's hilarious she's all over the place she's one of those you know everybody calls them the bohemian type Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she went natural and she's never looked back and it was Mm -hmm. for her it was just sort of one day she looked at me and she was like you know what i'm not doing this anymore right and she just stopped and there was a group of women that i distinctly remember who would meet and talk about products and how to you know what salons did natural hair and knew how to do natural hair and where to get a haircut and all mm-hmm. of those things so it's interesting to see how in the in those few years because I know it's not that many it's not like you're 20 years older than I right am, right how in just that little bit of time that environment changed it wasn't revolutionary really anymore it mm-hmm, was sort of mm-hmm. just a an issue of practicality for a lot of people yeah yeah and I'm pretty sure had I not had my parents not been funding a fair chunk of my lifestyle through college, and if I hadn't been working two jobs on top of the part of my life that my parents were funding, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I probably would have gone natural 110 years ago. I probably would have gone natural sometime in college because at that point, the only reason I had money is because I had two jobs and parents who were very, very, very generous Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in helping me out with the lifestyle part of college. But it's just funny to think that I forg matter of fact, I was so used to seeing my college roommate be natural, it just now occurred to me that that wasn't necessarily always normal, because there really were. It was a big group of girls, mm-hmm. all, I mean, from all sides of the Greek spectrum, all sides of the non-Greek spectrum, all kinds of women just said, I'm going natural. And then our campus also had a very large population of short-haired women.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and i don't and, and considering that we are in
0: the south <laughs> right yeah that's where, pretty revolutionary
1: where the paper bag test is still a thing for Girl. some people mm-hmm. and being light skinned i didn't even know i mean i'm so culturally clueless because of where i grew up right but i didn't know that i was light skinned until i moved to the south
0: right same same
1: no one told me i was light and now i don't really think i am anymore because the sun is a great thing and gave me its. tan right right but when i moved here I remember being called light skinned, and I was mm-hmm. fascinated because mm-hmm. I just—I was just black, as far as I was concerned. Right,
0: exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> but for us to be in a situation where there are all these black women, because our school is really well—is is one of the more well known schools for, as far as PWIs are concerned, mm-hmm. um, for doing well with black people. Let's mm-hmm, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And for us to have such a large population of black women who went natural or cut their hair off or what have you. Now that I'm thinking about it, that is revolutionary, but it isn't. It's weird. Right. (laughs) It's just a strange thing to think about because I think that's why I've never struggled with, oh, do I want long hair or do I want short hair? Because in those years where you start deciding what your hair identity is, Mm -hmm. I kind of just was surrounded by people who were doing whatever with their hair. Right. The only time people really, really were on one about hair on our campus, and I'm sure you can relate, is if you had if you were in a sorority and you were in a step show right. <laughs> if it was your probate <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or if you were on stage for something those are mm-hmm. the only times that people really i remember people talking about anyone's hair right on my campus now i could be wrong i could totally be missing the gossip that went on behind people's backs but i don't remember that being a big stopping point or a big social thing mm-hmm. at all on our campus i just remember people had hair And there were some girls who had really long hair. I do remember the one thing that people did gossip about, and I'm not gonna say her name because she might be listening, (laughs) you never know. You never know, I genuinely don't know, like she might Mm you never know. But there was a girl who had one of the worst weaves I've ever seen in life, even to this day. Mm-hmm. and she would go to people's dorm rooms and when she would leave she would leave chunks of weave behind. <gasps>
0: oh god
1: and that was the god. one thing that i remember people talking about was her weave and
0: mm-hmm, that was it mm-hmm. i don't
1: remember people talking about anything else except that in right. terms of hair but yeah right. now that i think about it to be in a campus full of black women who were really because as a matter of fact my freshman step show they cut all my hair off i had mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm that Halle Berry remember Halle Berry's first short haircut when yep. it was a bowl when it was basically a bowl cut yep I had that for my little freshman step show I had a bowl cut it flung all over the place but it was a bowl cut let's not mm-hmm. lie and say it was a it was a Halle Berry cu- it was a bowl cut just like right, Halle's right. Was. <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it's interesting to think about that but it's weird now that I think about it I really have always been sort of nonchalant about my hair it's Mm -hmm, it's just odd mm -hmm. because that's so not black (laughs) woman-esque
0: right no that's true that's true I mean for like I I said for a lot of us that's like a main focal point and struggle and issue for a you know probably the majority of our lives
1: and I think that to go back to the idea that this is sort of a lifting fitness podcast situation Mm -hmm. it's funny because for me with all the sweating and lifting and what have you I drive my hairstylists insane mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I wear a relaxer and I sweat and that's it. Mm-hmm, and I tell them, mm-hmm. I'm like, look, you're not going to tell me that I'm not going to sweat. So understand right. that. Number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number two. Yeah. You're going to do my hair on Friday and guess what I'm going to get up and do on Saturday. Sweat. Right. right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I strongly suggest that whatever you plan on doing my hair should survive the sweat. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are conversations I've had. And it's funny because I know I've had stylists who just didn't understand what that was about.
0: Mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. for me,
1: is the tipping point in my relationship with my stylist. People often say, oh, well, why do you pay? I've had conversations about my hair budget. My hair budget is a significant chunk of my budget, but I have no kids, mm-hmm. so it's kind of okay. Right, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and I, it works. You know, I don't, the only person I have to spend money on is me. So for right. now it works. It works. And, um,. And people say, well I can't believe you spend that much on your hair well the thing is is the stylist I go to has never argued with me
0: mm-hmm.
1: about what I do with my hair she's right. never argued with me about the fact that I'm gonna go to the gym and sweat matter of fact I just you and I don't know if I mentioned this I think I mentioned this in the last one we recorded I started going mm-hmm. to a new gym and they have right. like zero air conditioner <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those crossfit type situations where everybody yeah. should be dripping with sweat and they think that's beautiful. Right. I don't mm-hmm. think that's beautiful, but it, uh, but hey, it's a great gem, so I deal with it. You're right. And my hairstylist kind of was in my hair when I went on Friday, and she said, your hair is just, there's something not right. What did you do?
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is not, because I see her just about, unless something's going on, usually every two weeks or so. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's, what's going on with your hair? It feels weird. It feels Sticky and weird And I said Oh probably because The new gym It's sweatier there Than my normal gym There's no AC Mm -hmm. And she That was the first time She's ever said Do you really have to Go to that gym She's like I know you're gonna Exercise no matter What I tell you Right Because I've been Working with you For you know Five years now
0: Yeah But
1: this is not good for your hair (laughs) right (laughs) like all this sticky sweaty product Mm because i you know clearly if you have spikes in your hair your spikes don't just stand up just cause Right. (laughs) she said you know with all the product and the sweat she's like that's just not good for your hair Mm
0: -hmm. and we had
1: this kind of back and forth and negotiated how we were going to navigate the fact that i have a relaxer hair color and all these other things going on and i'm still sweating my face off every Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) every week and even with that her ability to have that conversation and think of products and things she can do to keep that from destroying what's on my head
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really
1: important because a lot of hairstylists would have just been like look you need to be in my chair every week and you need to spend more money or you need to just go on and go ahead and do whatever because I'm not I'm not I, I already don't like that you sweat and I often get I've had stylists who just think I shouldn't exercise right oh yeah we're gonna, we're gonna get into that <laughs> you shouldn't sweat um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I dealt with that for a really long time like why are you why are you sweating your hair out why are you mm-hmm. sweating that's not good for your hair you should you know can't you do something less sweaty right I danced I danced for 10 years through college mm-hmm. I sweated then I did aerobics and Bikram yoga yet you get sweat then Right. I lift weights now, you're gonna sweat. I run half marathons, you're gonna sweat. So any hairstylist that I go to now, on the front end, the first thing I say to them is, look. I sweat. <laughs> I sweat. I don't play that black girls who don't sweat thing. I don't play right. that, oh, my hair just got done, I can't sweat. Now, am I gonna go get my hair done and jump in a pool? Probably not. Right. <laughs> Probably not. Am I gonna go you know, run one of those obstacle course races the day after I get my hair done? Probably not.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: am I gonna go to the gym and lift my weights? and do my cardio if I need to? Yup. Right. <laughs> and that has become, for me, a cornerstone of the conversations I have with the hairstylists I engage with, is mm-hmm. do you know what to do with the fact that I am a sweaty black girl? Period. That, that's, <laughs> that's not negotiable. Because it's part of who I am now, just like my hair right. is. I, hair, I, like I tell people all the time, whenever I get those conversations with women who kind of come up to me in the gym and say, or women in the hair salon, I get even more in the hair salon, I, I just don't know how you... Oh, I can't believe you just go and you get your hair all sweaty and blah, blah, blah. My philosophy is this. Hair can be fixed. Okay. I can buy new hair if I need to. There are stores full of hair. There are stores full of wigs. Mm-hmm. I can shave my head bald. There are so right. many options. I can't buy a new body. I can't buy right. my health back. I can't right. I can't pay my way to health and muscles and strength. Yeah.
0: I can pay my way to yeah. new hair. <laughs> and just, you know, I always look at it like if you're going to... You know, you're going to make an, a sizable investment on sort of, kind of external things. Why would you not make the same sizable investment on internal things?
1: Yeah, I, I you know? think I think often people, especially people who haven't done it before. I met a woman in the salon the other day, and it just sort of escaped her how. I almost think to her, the exercise thing. So I didn't even explain the athlete side of things. Right, 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 The right. exercise side of things to her seems like an accessory in the same way that for me, getting my hair done feels like an accessory. Right. So there's that to take into account. The, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. different, I don't know what you want to call it, perceptions and feelings <laughs> so, right. about how necessary things are or are not. But those are, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's just always fascinating to me to have those conversations at the salon about, well, why do you wear your hair like that? Right. How, oh, so you're gonna go sweat. Because my, my hairstylist gets on me all the time about it. And it's funny because I got her set up with a workout plan. Mm -hmm. And so she said to me, it was really funny because she's my hairstylist. She's the expert. Right. And she said to me one day, I was sitting in the chair and she spun me around the chair and she looked at me and she said, I need you to tell me something. And I said, okay, (laughs) what what did I, am I in trouble? That's the voice you're going to yell at me. What did I do? What did I do? And she said, okay, so you got me doing all this exercise. What do you do that you come back to my salon pretty much looking the way you left last week (laughs) or two Mm -hmm. weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And for her, because she'd never thought about how to take care of her hair when it was sweaty. Right. And I had to tell her the routine I created, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just from experimenting and failing at life and looking a mess, <laughs> right? To teach her to, you know, well, this is these are the things that I've done that work for me. You know, I took the product that you sold me and told me to use when I'm, you know, my hair is dry, and I put it in when it's wet, and then I have a dryer mm-hmm. at home, so I, <laughs> you know, right. And it's just, it's almost like that for so many of these women, they just, it's not something that they take into account in day to day life.
0: Right. It's so normal for us, but not necessarily for that. Right. No, that's very true. That's very true. Um, So... Tell me a little bit about, like you talked a little bit about, you know, and I, I know we've talked on previous episodes about kind of our journey through fitness, you know, right? So, you know, you maybe went from, you know, not working out at all or, or, you know, doing something else as opposed to like going to the gym and lifting and doing cardio to transitioning into that, to transitioning to where you are now, you know, what, what is your, you know, sort of hair journey look like throughout that process? Oh. <sighs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the only time that I've ever really struggled was when I was running when I was mm-hmm. very and doing Bikram beak, yoga because, because yeah. yoga, you go in expecting to sweat to death basically right. <laughs> so I think when I was there was a point where and it's funny because I don't know how much of it was what I was doing to my hair and how much of it was the fact that I was dealing with my thyroid issue mm-hmm. but there was a point during my thyroid issue where the doctor basically said to me look you need to back off of your exercise. I think that's stressing your body out more. Mm -hmm. So that's where my foray into Bikram yoga came from is that I was trying to find something to do with my body that didn't stress it out so much as, because at the time I was lifting weights and running half marathons and swinging kettlebells and all of those Mm -hmm. things were really stressful. All the things. (laughs) So I said, okay, well, I'm going to back off and I'm going to pay for a yoga membership and I would go three or four times a week and take class mm-hmm that was the worst thing I because I couldn't because it basically what ended up happening is at the time I had a relaxer and I was basically washing my hair almost every day oh wow I or if I wasn't washing washing I was conditioner washing it washing it mm-hmm. and even that there's a point where between the conditioner wash and the regular wash you're basically basically washing everything out of your hair and your hair is dry as bone. right and so my hair broke off, and it was terrible, and it was bad. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. But I don't know mm-hmm. how much of that was the washing all the time, because thyroid problems, at least the kind I had, also can make your hair fall out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then I think when I was running, I kind of got to this weird point when I was a runner where I had resolved myself. You know, I said, OK, well, I'm going to sweat. It's it, I'm running. I'm training for a half marathon. No matter what I do, I'm going to sweat because I'm running right. outside. And I learned how to, and I'm going to say this on the front end because for the black women who are listening, a lot of us work out with our hair, those of us with relaxers, with our hair still wrapped like it is the night before. Mm -hmm. If I do that, my hair ends up worse (laughs) Mm. because I sweat so much. So then Mm -hmm. I end up having a scarf around my already sweaty head. All that does is help the sweat penetrate my hair. I'm better right. off being naked head. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. At least some air <laughs> get there. So when I was running, I very quickly figured out that if I at least parted my hair and pulled it back into a ponytail or some semblance of a ponytail, mm-hmm. that I could get home and kind of blast it with either the, the hood dryer or a blow dryer. Right. And get it back to some semblance of normalcy. And so I did that for a really long time. And that was when my hair was longer than it is now. It was before I cut my hair off. Mm-hmm. Um Dance, it was always an issue, but dance I always took on the back end of the day, so I would just come home and wrap it back up and sleep through the night, and it woke up fine. Right. Mhm. lifting has probably been the easiest thing. Now, when I was oh, in okay. prep, it was a nightmare because prep it, with the cardio and the sweating and the you know, yeah. And then I had a coach who didn't really understand that I needed her to have a pattern to my to my to my, to my workouts, right? Because hair is a thing. Yeah,
0: you gotta you know, kind of plan your hair appointments around that right
1: so I was like look lady I <laughs> need you to understand on Saturdays I get my hair done mm-hmm. I'll do my cardio but I might sometime need to do cardio on Friday so I don't have to go to the gym on Saturday morning because I need to right. be done. my in my hairstylist chair by 6 a.m okay right so do with that what you will
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but let's
1: make this work but I think prep was probably one of the harder times because I had a coach who didn't understand that hair was an issue Yeah, to some extent. And I had a job Mm -hmm. where I worked in an office. So I had to be presentable. I could not do the game I do now sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I look crazy. So I'm gonna just put a baseball cap on. (laughs) Right? I had to go see people every day. And I Mm -hmm. think that is how I kind of evolved into what I call D Beyonce or (laughs) D. when I started rocking wigs like they were my full-time job um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just I realized that having long silky black hair worked for me right and so I just rocked with a wig (laughs) I I I think I cut my hair off as a matter of fact I was wearing my like chin length hair for a really long time and then I started wearing wigs and then I think somewhere around hmm, three or four months into prep, maybe five months into prep, mm-hmm. is when I had that moment of, you know what, screw it, cut it all off. And we did. Right. I got my stylish hair. And she was like, you know what, your hair isn't happy with whatever's going on. Part of it was that I was starving myself to death, but that's another episode for another day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that my hair just was unhappy. And so she said, you know what, let's just cut it all off. And because yeah. I'm not, I'm at, at this point, you know, I was, in my, I was in my 30s. I didn't really care about length. Right. So I said, yeah, let's go. And so I just, we cut it all off. And that was probably the beginning of what exists on my head now. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. I think that yoga time and prep were probably the two hardest times because now I have a hairstylist and I did when I was in prep who kind of understood that I wasn't going to change to suit their hairstyle right. abilities. Right, right. And so we found a good middle ground. And now mm-hmm. I kind of, it's weird. I, I get my hair done every two weeks um, I could go longer, but I am kind of neurotic when my hair is short. About, I'm like a guy, you know. They like to get a line up. They like to have a fresh right. line up. I prefer for my edges to look clean. I prefer to have a nice line where there should be yeah. one when there is one. So mm-hmm. at the bare minimum, I go get a haircut, and I can't get a haircut without at least getting my sides touched up a little right. bit. So right, since I'm some, since I'm still a relaxer girl. Mm-hmm. Um, So I go every two weeks. She does something to it every two weeks. Sometimes it's chemical. Sometimes it's not. But it's always Mm -hmm. a haircut. Right. And um, depending on where my hair is lengthwise, and I'm sure if the people listening follow my Instagram, sometimes I put pieces in it. Sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's all my hair. Sometimes it's my hair with some help from some other person's hair that came out of a bag. (laughs) I don't really. I'm one of those people who believes that, you just do what makes you feel good. Yeah. And I don't always want extra hair in my hair. Sometimes it's too hot for all that. Sometimes I just want my hair. And, I, mm-hmm. and that's when you see me with my short spikes. And sometimes right. I want really longs. I, I think maybe, what, four weeks ago I had spike. I had taken a swoop and it was all the way down to my chin. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> as much as people are like, oh, my God, your hair got so long. No, it didn't. Right. No that's some really good Brazilian that I bought at the store (laughs) and I'm really happy with it and she custom colors all of my hair for me and does all this fancy stuff and you know if that's what I want that day that's what I get done but Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: where I am right now is that I just go with what works for whatever I'm doing at that point if I get to a point with this lifting thing with power lifting where I start to realize okay (laughs) I want something different this is not working Mm -hmm. for my needs anymore that might be what, what what leads to the go natural I don't know. Right. Um, I think my next step, actually, it's funny. I don't know that I'll ever stop. My mom went from the haircut, her the, the 90s and 80s version of the haircut I have now, to the texturizer, to natural. Mm-hmm. Her natural was by default because she had cancer and she couldn't, mm-hmm. the doctor was like, you can't put chemicals on your hair when you <laughs> right. no.
0: <laughs> right, no. right, yeah.
1: For me, I have this funny feeling that I'm not going to necessarily pit stop at teeny weeny afro. I think what probably will happen is I will do what a friend of mine did where she went from relaxed to she all of a sudden started wearing wigs and no one knew why. And then 8 months later she took her wig off and she had locks down to the back of the bottom of her neck. <laughs> and mm-hmm. None of us knew she was none of us knew she was growing them out. Right. And she didn't tell anybody. She said she just wanted it to be her journey. The only other person who knew um, was her man. Cuz mm-hmm. clearly she wasn't walking around in a wig at home. <laughs> right. And she said I didn't want people's input. I didn't want to hear from people how hard the journey would be. Right. I didn't want right. any of that. I didn't want negative feedback. I just wanted to grow out my locks. And I wanted to, them to be in a way that formed the way that I felt good about them. So she mm-hmm. just slapped a wig on for, you know, so six months, a year, something like yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then one
1: day showed up at an event, like, bam, oh, locks. Right. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and I have a funny feeling that I don't necessarily know that I would go natural. I've always wanted, when I thought about having natural hair, I always thought about having locks. I never mm-hmm. thought about having an afro. It's weird. Right. I think. I'm not sure why I do remember that there was um when I was about 24 25 I worked for this choreographer and there was a woman in the suite next door to her we were in this kind of loft building thing mm-hmm. and there was a woman in this in the in this the loft studio suite thing next door who she did sister locks mm-hmm. and I would just go sit in that shop and look those girls uh, all those women's hair and just be like I want to do that right do that? It's fascinating <laughs> can, I that? can I do that and you know mm-hmm. the woman said you know well, when you're ready, you just come on back. And I think she's right. still in the same place. So, hey. Hey. <laughs> you know, you never know. Always an option. You know, if, if I start wearing wigs, you guys know what might be going on. Understand? Right. <laughs> but sometimes I do just wear wigs because I want to feel like Beyonce. And the idea of having long, silky, flowing blonde hair just seems fun for the night. So. <laughs>
0: hey, man. Why not? Hey. Hey.
1: One of our, yeah. our, our guest executive producers just decided he wanted to tap me on the shoulder. Hey, Marlo, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're not talking enough about dog hair. So right. Does he, he
0: want to go eat or? <laughs>
1: no, I think he wants to talk about his hair. <laughs> his luxurious ah, gotcha. long hair. But anyway, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a really... My hair for a black woman, I think my hair journey has been remarkably simple because I haven't been in a lot of those... The only time I think other than running and things... And I don't know that we've talked about this on here. I can't remember um, mm-hmm. or to what extent. The only time I really struggled was when I was in what I call a emotionally and psychologically abusive relationship. That person really was attached to the idea of women who looked like TV. You know, right. long fake weave, long fake nails, everything was overdone. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I love a good drag queen but that's not my look
0: right and
1: the look that 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 person wanted from me was almost like feeling like i was in drag
0: yeah because
1: so much of it was for me too much and you know me i love makeup and i love hair Mm -hmm, so for mm -hmm. me to be saying that this was too much (laughs) and that process was i think one of the few times that i've really struggled because for me I'm kind of a tomboy. I like to get dirty. I like to run around. I like to sweat. I like to lift weights. And you want me out here with weave down my back, Mm -hmm. six inch long fake nails, Mm -hmm. fake eyelashes. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. You know, seven layers of makeup with full contour every day. Mm -hmm. And that's what you consider womanhood. That's what you consider womanly. That whole look was a struggle for me because that's just not who I am. And it felt disingenuous. It just felt Mm -hmm. fake and keeping that up especially the hair whether it was a wig or my real hair
0: was insane that's exhausting
1: i was just like look i'm tired of going to get my hair done every 15 seconds to make you approve of my hair right now, can we exactly. not do this can we not exactly. do exactly well you you got sweaty and your hair just doesn't look good and my mama wouldn't approve of that and my mom mm. goes and gets and my ex got her hair done every well look feel free to Knock go back to hell. your mama Right. Or oh, back to your ex, <laughs> right? <Keep laughs> because moving. this girl right here is over all of this. But I think yeah. those are probably when I was trying to figure out the whole thyroid running Bikram yoga thing, and then that relationship in the context of fitness, trying to maintain this over the top drag drag queen mm-hmm. feeling look
0: mm-hmm.
1: for me. <laughs> on top of this insane relationship and in fitness was probably the two were probably the two hardest times for me.
0: Right right I think yeah yeah
1: so I'm sure you you have a more interesting journey because I feel like you've done more and seen more you know
0: not really like I think um I think similar to you I didn't like there weren't a lot of I don't know you know sort of huge swings you know highs and lows with respect to um you know Working out and, and hair and things like that because I had cut my hair short
1: when yeah, I was still true.
0: pretty young in college. And I mean, I was active, but I, I mean, I definitely wasn't training like I, I, I train now. Um, but because I kept my hair consistently short all that time, it was just an easy transition for me. You know, and I, I mean, I, I will definitely say probably one of the um, motivations for me to continue to keep my hair really short was I had gotten more into Working out and you know running and tybo and all of these other things and it just made life easier with respect to um, you know my career and things like that and I just so happened to meet a man who loved my hair short so that was never really an issue with respect to pressure or anything you know it, it, as far as that's concerned um, and then like I Yay. said once I decided to yeah I know right they're out there. Once I decided to, to lock my hair, same thing, you know, he was like, yo, you know, I love it. I think it'll look amazing on you. And I was kind of far enough in my career where it, it, it wasn't as much of an issue, right? So I, you know, it wasn't like I was kind of starting my career and having to establish myself as a professional, and then having to worry about how people perceived, you know, me and my hair, I was kind of already sort of into a whole other career by that point. And so. You know, I, I was kind of like, like I said, you going to get what you going to get with this hair, right? So, um, you know, that was pretty, you know, pretty uh, non-stressful. But I will say this, this was interesting to me. So in terms of, you know, competing and doing bodybuilding competitions, right? So I started to find that, you know, whenever I would, um, you know, work with, you know, a posing coach or just different folks and kind of get their opinions about competing, you know, and they would be like, oh, you know, what kind of suit are you getting? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this color. I'm going to do this. And inevitably, every single time, the, the next question was, what are you going to do with your hair? And I kind of, what you mean what I'm going to do with my hair? Well, are you going to wear a wig? Are you going to get a weave? uh, no, (laughs) you know, like, why on earth would I do that? And it was almost this sort of, you know, unsaid thing that, well, if it, well, not always unsaid, because a couple of folks flat out told me, if you are going to be successful as a, you know, at that time, figure competitor, you're going to have to get a wig or weave or do something with your hair. And I was like, wait, what? You know, and it was almost like, But I thought the judges were going to be looking at my physique and not my hair. Well, you know, it was always sort of this, well, you know, you have to have the whole package and blah, 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 blah. And I just was like, no, thank you. I won't be doing that, you know. And so my hair was actually still in an afro, a short afro, when I was competing as a figure competitor um, the first time I did it. And it was fine, you know, I I did whatever. And again, but, you know, that question would always come up, well, what are you going to do with your hair? What are you going to do with your hair? And then by the time I decided that I was gonna lock my hair and I had started growing locks, you know, I had taken a a significant break from competing and then I came back and did another figure show and I was working with someone and that kinda came up again. I was kinda like, First of all, I am a grown ass woman. I'ma do with my hair what I wanna do with my hair. Like I have to do what feels comfortable to me. And if, you know, there's a judge that doesn't like it, then so be it, you know? And I mean it was fine. I placed well. Um, But, you know, I've I've started, I've noticed even since then that, you know, a lot of of women of color who compete, you know, sort of wear their hair in a certain way. Now, if you're doing that just because you want to do that, that's great. Like, that's fine. But it almost seems like some of them feel pressured to wear their hair in a certain way to, you know, sort of, I don't know if it's to blend in with or to you know, be competitive with, you know, maybe a certain other aesthetic of of beauty or what's perceived to be beauty. And I mean, it makes me sad because it's like, you know, You have this unique thing about yourself, you know, and when you are on the stage as a competitor, the main thing you want to do is stand out, right? Exactly. You don't want to look like everybody else. You don't want to blend in. You want to stand out. You want to make the judges look at you, but yet you're doing these things to yourself cosmetically where you look like the person standing next to you, you know, and it just, you know, it's just a little disheartening for me because I really wish that more women felt like you know what I'm 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 going to give you what I'm going to give you whether it's my fro whether it's my locks whether it's my twist out you know and if and if that means weave down your ass that's fine Friend, too but do, do it you. because you want to do it Right. Do it because that's how you feel comfortable, not because you feel forced to do it. So that's really, I think, been kind of eye opening and interesting for me um, as a competitor, because, you know, it's never occurred to me to do anything but rock my locks, you know, whether it be in an updo or, you know, dance, whatever, like it, it would never occur to me to do anything else because that's how I feel most comfortable. And for me to go on stage and in in such a way that I'm not comfortable, then that's going to, that's going to be the first thing that judges see. They're going to see that I'm feeling uncomfortable and awkward with myself, right? That you're
1: not doing you.
0: Exactly. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, been a message that I've, you know, shared with other women who are sort of getting started in that industry like you have to do ultimately what's comfortable for you don't let anyone else dictate what you should look like or what you need to look like or what your hair should look like so and i and i have seen you know more competitors sort of you know rocking their natural hair um or whatever and you know that's cool too but um yeah that that i will say that's the one thing where i've definitely noticed that i've gotten sort of more i guess pushback um about that. But again, you know, like I said, with age comes wisdom. At this age, you ain't about to tell me what I'm about to do with the hair on my head. Period. Point blank. So you could, you know, you wasting your time and your breath with all that. But, you know, I know it not every woman is sort of at that point yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, in terms of managing it, you know, now that my hair is longer, um, you know, I just I just try really hard to, you know, just give it the TLC, the moisture that it needs. So usually I'll wear my hair up in the gym, you know. I get up in the morning, um, you know, I'll put some um Jamaican black castor oil in, you know, I'll kinda do some other little potions, throw it up in a bun and <laughs> and, and, and you know, throw a, a bandana around, you know, kinda to to, to preserve my edges. Um, And then at night, the same thing, you know, I just sleep in a sleep cap. And you know, so it really, I mean, at this point, like I said, it's not something I have to think about a lot with respect to training, because, you know, I definitely like you got to that point where I was like, training is a priority for me. So whatever i need to do to make sure that happens right you know then That's i'll it. do that you know the priority isn't my hair the priority is training and getting that that movement in so i just kind of fit everything including my hair around that um now you know are there times where it's like okay well i have a you know event i'm going to and i just got my hair done in this really intricate updo um, you know, so yeah, I'll kind of go out of my way not to sweat it out if I have to train, you know, if I'm scheduled that day to train or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's never, you know, it's never going to be a situation where I'm going to choose my hair over working out. But I know for a lot of women, you know, particularly a lot of black women, like that is a real barrier to, to, you know, getting fit or sort of that whole you know that whole challenge of how do you manage that you know for whatever reason because like i said at the beginning of this episode there is so much tied into our hair it's not just hair you know there's so much tied into it historically and you know with um you know media and the mainstream and all these other things so i know for a lot of women that are trying to work out or starting to work out that's like a big deal for them you Mm -hmm. know and i mean I have friends who, you know, wear relaxers and do other things. And they're like, you know what? When I decided that I was going to start getting serious about getting healthy and getting fit, I got a weave. I decided to rock wigs, you know, whatever. So I think, you know, you can make those adjustments. You just kind of have to figure out what what works best for your particular lifestyle.
1: And sometimes that requires a lot of experimentation. I, yep. I I've had to... Like you said, I, I sometimes rock with the weaves, sometimes I don't. Right. I had my real hair really short mm-hmm. and relaxed. I've worn wigs and they've all worked to different degrees. Um, right. Like I said I had to learn that for me, keeping it under a scarf makes my entire situation worse. Right. <laughs> I that is completely contrary to everything every hairstylist I ever had ever told mm-hmm. me. And one day I just got really frustrated because I get really hot at the gym anyway. And I said, I'm tired of having this stupid scarf on my head. Let me just right. see what happens if I take this off. Yeah. And even on the worst days, all it really takes for me is as long as I have some sort of moisture on my hair. So a little bit of oil, a little something before I leave the house. Even if I don't fully spike it up, because I don't always at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm not always here for putting all that, you know, hair glue into my hair. Right. Spikes do what the spikes do. Right. <laughs> but I'll put, I'll put some moisturizer in it. And as long as I've mm-hmm. done something to it. Mm -hmm. I can usually, by the time I get home, if I put it back under a nice, you know, wrap it back up. And if I have to, if I have some place to go, yeah, I do sit up. I have a hood dryer. Ladies with relaxers, stop playing yourself. Invest in a hood dryer for the house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or natural hair, shoot, for that matter. Yes,
1: exactly. I mean, whatever it takes. I know a lot of my friends who are natural tend to just, they've found hair routines with wet hair and this and that. Whatever it is, find something that works for you, but invest in the tools that you need to get your hair Yep. Yep. Whatever that is. If you're going to rock a wig, rock a good wig, we spend mm-hmm. some money on the wig so you feel good in it. I have a friend exactly who, in day-to-day life, she's natural, but for work, she works in an environment where that natural thing is looked down upon. So she rocks a wig, she mm-hmm. rocks a wig every day and nobody at her job is aware of this. right? And she went and purposely went to a very upscale wig shop and let them fit her for the wig they, she took. Then she took it to a hairstylist. Let the hairstylist color it, cut mm-hmm. it, you know, thin it out, do all the things to it. So it just looks like it's her real hair, right? So, ladies, invest in your hair, whatever it is. Yep. Whatever it is. Whatever,
0: whatever you need to feel good about what you're doing and that process. You know, like I said, you know. It's it's great to want to look good on the outside, but you also want to feel good on the inside. So whatever you need, whatever adjustments you need to make to make that happen, you know it's worth it. Like you have to invest in yourself. You know, not just sort of the outward manifestation of 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 health and vibrance, but the you know the internal too. Um, You know, and and again, there's so many resources nowadays. There's really no excuse. I mean, you can find a YouTube video about anything with respect to your hair, whether, like I said, it be rocking natural hair or getting crochet braids or figuring out how, you know, to kind of maintain your weave or your relaxed style while you're training. There is everything out there and just the same thing in terms of products you know you just have to experiment and figure out what works best for you and i mean it may change you know what worked best for you last year may be a little different this year you know whatever and you just have to kind of be open and flexible you know to that and 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 you can peacefully coexist and have your hair laid and have your body tight like they yes. they don't have to be mutually exclusive um you know and I think that's kind of the main message that we wanted to to talk about and and you know share with you know our listeners like I know some folks might be listening like oh I want to get started but there's this and this and this you know don't let this be the reason that Definitely. you know you start you don't invest in yourself or you don't you know sort of you know kind of start reaching those goals that you have for yourself with respect to your health and fitness um so I think you know I don't know I think that's kind of where where, where, where we were coming from And hopefully you know we shared with you all Some some ideas about you know Some things that you can do and again if you have Suggestions or you know Things that have worked for you You know let us know put it in the Comments on the podcast on iTunes um, and SoundCloud And you know whatever Like just let us know what works for you Because that's what we're here for to share with each other Exactly feel Am I free forgetting anything? S-
1: Feel free to slide into the DMs Like if you're a dude be fully clothed, women fully clothed too, but you Please know, do. <laughs>
0: like
1: we don't want to see anybody's extra anything. No,
0: no, um, we do not. We do and we will clown you. Yes. Um am I forgetting anything? Is there anything else that we forgot?
1: I don't think so. I think our I think one thing that and it goes along with what you just said, and I always get on my soapbox about this, so I'm gonna try not to. Um, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself when you're in the salon. Mm hmm. Don't be afraid yes. up for yourself when you're in the salon. Just because they have the scissors, if you need to get up out the chair looking crazy and go somewhere else, do that.
0: Yes, <laughs> you are paying for a service, and you know what best fits your lifestyle. Don't do not let somebody else determine for you What's what you want to be head? doing with your hair.
1: You, this is a it's a there's a consultation for a reason, and I noticed this hanging out with my white friends and hanging out with black friends. White women make really good use of that free consultation with the Mm -hmm. Mm hairstylist. They will go in and ask every question in America before they let anyone touch their hair. Right. Black women, our stylists may not offer it on the front end all the time. They should be consulting with you. There should be a consultation process. If you are talking to a new stylist, if you are going to a new stylist, if you're making a major change in your life with Mm -hmm. your stylist that you're already going to. Right. Don't ever just sit in the chair and hope for the
0: best. It's a collaboration.
1: It is a partnership. It is a collaboration. You will not end up happy if you just are like, "Hey, do what you want." Right. Be, right. be clear about what you want. Be clear about what your limits are, and don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. If you're not a person who wants seven feet of weave down your back, don't let your hairstylist tell you because you work out you need to put on seven feet of weave. Don't do right.
0: that. <laughs> right. Right. And like I said, even even with you know the whole. Competition thing in terms of physique competitions. If you're working with someone, you know whether it be a posing coach or you know a training coach, whatever, you need to speak up for yourself. If you are not comfortable with the look that they have for you, then you need to articulate that. Yes, you know you want to be with someone that you trust and that can sort of lead you in the right direction, but ultimately you are your own best advocate and you know yourself the best. If you know you're not going to be comfortable on stage in, you know, a big blonde wig, then don't do it. You know, it's much better to be comfortable and exude that confidence than to have sort of whatever the look du jour is. So it's the same thing. You have to be your own advocate, right? Um, And don't let anyone define for you who you are or who you should be. um, If you are deciding to, you know, sort of get into the competition realm. So. so everything
1: requires consultation. So make, yes. use, make use of those consultations. People will act like they don't exist. I would rather pay $30 to talk to a hairstylist for 20 minutes Yep. than to say, okay, oh, you'll do my hair, but you're not going to give me a consultation. And so now I owe you $400 for a haircut I hate.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So
1: ask so. about the consultations with your makeup artist, your hair people, if you're competing, all those people, the suit people, everybody, the mm-hmm. <laughs> tanning mm-hmm. people. Talk to right. everybody about what you're having done. Don't do anything blind. I, I am right. a strong advocate for making sure that you know what you're getting into. Yep. Don't 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 be clueless. That that's the bottom
0: line here. I think I feel like that's always our bottom line. Don't yeah, be clueless. Always don't be clueless. <laughs> be informed. Caveat MTOR. Let the buyer beware. Yes. Well, that, I think that is all we have for today, lovely. So thank you it for is. tuning in. And again, you know, look for us on iTunes, look for us on SoundCloud, leave us a rating, leave us a review so we can keep doing this, you know, free of charge. Um, and yeah, if you have any suggestions or comments, let us know. This is Bree. This is D. We are signing off. See you at the bar. See you at the chocolate bar, our lives, our strength, our time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.